If you've ever wondered how to market yourself authentically online without having to transform into someone flashy or in your face or really someone you're not in order to be successful, then this episode is for you. So the big question is this, how are everyday spiritually minded women like us who don't love the spotlight, who are willing to risk everything to create lives that we love, how do we market ourselves in a way that feels good while still becoming profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Mona Lisa Andavia and welcome to the Love, Light and Business Podcast. Welcome to the Love, Light and Business Podcast, the podcast for introverted, intuitive and empath women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Mona Lisa Andavia, and today I'm going to share with you the first thing you must do to market yourself genuinely and successfully online when you're an introverted and intuitive woman who perhaps doesn't love the spotlight or even social media. Heck, I don't even like being on my phone that much. So I often get asked, how do I market myself genuinely online? How do I come across as a real authentic person rather than someone who is scripted or pushy? It's interesting because marketing, the very act of putting your brand products and services out in the world with the intent of increasing sales is a necessity in business, but it can feel like quite the conundrum for new entrepreneurs who are introverted and sensitive to energy because frankly, we don't like to bother people. We don't want to feel pushy and we don't want to feel like we're being drained by showing up in the world, right? And we definitely don't like it when we see phony or fake people online with hidden intentions or motivations, and we can spot them from a mile away. So I'm going to take you through this really extended metaphor that I think is really going to help you understand how to market in a way that feels really good for you. So do you guys remember that scene in Aladdin where Princess Jasmine escapes from the palace and she's in the market? It's one of the very beginning scenes. If you can't recall the scene, just imagine it. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, just picture this, okay? You are walking in this desert oasis market. There are vendors all around. They're selling pistachios and dates and jewelry. And then a fish vendor comes up to you and says, with this huge slimy fish and goes, fresh fish. (laughs) Do you guys know what I'm talking about? This part always cracks me up. And there are all kinds of vendors and customers in this marketplace, right? Like you can imagine. And the person who really desperately needs fish for dinner will be so happy that the fish man just came out of nowhere and shoved a fish in her face, right? Like they would be like, thank goodness, I just needed a fish. Let me get out of here. Another potential customer might not need the fish, but since that vendor was so aggressive, they might say, you know what? That person is right. I should grab a fish. That, that sounds like a good idea. I don't want to think about dinner. I'm just going to buy the fish. And then they buy the fish. And then maybe later they realize that the fish wasn't the fish they wanted or they wanted chicken for dinner or they wanted something just all veggies. And now they have buyer's remorse, right? Another situation. Now, I want you to imagine that you're at this market and you really have the intention to find some tea. You're not desperate for tea, like you won't just jump at the first tea that comes up to you. And if you don't get it now, you'll be okay because it's worth it for you to find the right tea, right? So you're in this setting, you're about to enter the market and you're trying to find the right tea. And once you know that once you find the right tea, you're going to be thrilled to buy this tea. 
but your intention is really to let whatever happens happens. You're going to enjoy the site. You're going to enjoy the sights. You're going to take a walk in this desert oasis. All right. You got it. You got that picture in your mind. Perfect. So as you're on your walk, someone selling tea comes up to you really aggressively and shoves their tea under your nose. And they're saying, this tea is the best tea. So they're, they're like, this is the best tea ever. And they're trying to grab your attention in any way possible, trying to bring you to their stall, like, tr- like stopping you in your path and saying over here. And they're just being like, you guys know what I'm talking about. You've seen this at the mall. And when people try to just like scoot you over to their stall and they're being like really pushy with it. Okay. So let's just say, for example, sake that it worked simply because you're curious and you wanted tea anyway. You're in the tea market. <laughs> and so you go and you're like, the tea smells good, but you can't really tell because you notice that in this booth, it is very overstimulating and overwhelming because there's a lot going on. There are a lot of customers, a lot of a lot of different vendors in this one booth, and they're selling a lot of tea. There's tea everywhere. There's tea bags spilled all over the place. There's just an explosion of tea. Smells, sights, sounds, overstimulation. A lot of loud colors and attention getting labels. You're just like, oh my goodness, there's a lot going on. So you end up paying for the tea and you leave. You're out of there. You got your tea, you're out. And so you're happy to be out of there, more happy than finding the tea because it was crazy in there. And the vendor is thrilled to have made a sale. And plus this tea vendor is getting plenty of sales and attention. And they're actually planning on expanding their booth because they're really popular. They're selling a lot of tea. And anyone passing by can see that this vendor's tea is successful and popular. Now, let me ask you this. As a customer who purchased that tea... Was that purchasing process enjoyable to you? Did you like making that purchase? If you are here and you are a highly sensitive, intuitive, or introverted, or all that woman, you are going to be like, that was not enjoyable. That was too much going on. That was not, like, I didn't feel at peace with the tea. I wasn't sure if I wanted that tea. You're probably saying, no, I didn't like that experience. Now, let me ask you this. Do you want to be that vendor? Think about that for a second. Do you want to be that vendor? And again, I'm willing to bet that you're like, no, I don't want to be that vendor. Well, let me ask you, why not? That vendor is successful, right? That's That vendor is expanding. Everybody knows this vendor is the tea vendor. Well, I'm willing to bet that if you're here and listening to this, you didn't want to be the vendor or the seller in that instance. Yet, This whole extended metaphor is exactly how online marketing feels these days. The loudest, most aggressive seems to be the winner. And I'm emphasizing the word seems for a reason. They seem to be the winner because they're the ones you see the most because they're they're the loudest. However, that is not always the case. If you dig a little bit around, that is is totally not the case, actually. There are a lot of people in the online space who are successful who are not as flashy about it, okay? So I just want to share that this style of vending that I shared with you is extremely off-putting to introverted, intuitive women. I don't know about you, but I would rather have a nine-to-five than be that tea vendor in this situation. That sounds like I'm exhausted, right? (laughs) I'm like 15 minutes into that. I'm like, I'm out. Sounds exhausting. 
Yet so many of us think that the only way to be free is to join the crowd of loud vendors. Maybe we work for that loud tea vendor and we learn from them how to sell our soul and be someone different because, well, they're the loudest and they're the most successful. Yikes. Okay, so the good news is that is not the case like I just shared. So I want to rewind back to that market for a second. Before you met this frantic tea person or even after, let's just say before for this example's sake. Now I want you to think, what would be the best tea buying experience for you? One where you left feeling peaceful and so happy about your tea purchase, your whole experience, and you knew that you'd come back and tell all your friends and family, you're like, I loved it. It just was amazing. For me, I imagine a beautifully decorated booth. I, I'm very about the aesthetics. It's going to be in really beautiful colors, hanging lamps, flowers, maybe the scent of chai in the air. And there are going to be pleasant vendors all around who are well-versed and passionate about the tea that they're serving. There's reading material so I can read about the tea on my own or I can ask them, but nobody is really coming after me. There's not that feeling of being come, someone coming after me. It's more their delight to share their knowledge with you, whether or not you actually end up buying the tea because they love the tea so much. You can feel that. There's just a lot of love in the air, right? And then you sit down, I'm putting you in the scenario that I would enjoy. You sit down and you have a chance to try this tea sampler and you're left to try each tea, sip by sip. And you're just there in the pleasure of drinking tea and you come to the conclusion that not only is this experience amazing and better than the other experience, but this tea is heaven and the best tea you've ever had. Now, I'm willing to bet that you'd buy this tea, even if it's more expensive than the frantic tea vendor, number one, any day, right? Are you with me on that? If you're here and you're like, maybe I'd still consider vendor number one if they were a lot cheaper and the tea was the same, then that's fair. But the thing is, most of the time, vendor number one, the frantic vendor, is a comparable price or even more expensive than vendor number two because they can get away with it because of their popularity. And often, their tea isn't even better. And this all this also applies to online marketing. I'm, I'm hoping that you're overlaying this metaphor into online marketing as well. And so personally for me, it's absolutely ridiculous. I will go with vendor number two any day, regardless of price. And I have a hunch, so would my tribe. But going back to this whole analogy, there are a lot of vendors and a lot of potential customers walking around, right? So the question I have for you is, what kind of vendor do you want to be? What kind of vendor does your customer want? And what kind of vendor do you want? So for example, if you'd go to vendor number one because they're popular, because it's exciting and thrilling there, even after I told you about vendor number two, then likely you're probably not my ideal client. But there's not even a judgment with that because I'm pretty sure my husband, who is an extrovert and loves stimulation, he would love to try out vendor number one, even if it was just once to see what all the hype was about, right? He would probably go there, um, share about it, and he would just love the vibe of it, right? At least to try it. For me, I would go all day with vendor number two. Maybe I would go along with my husband and check it out, right? Because <laughs> someone else wanted to go there. So I want to wrap up with this initial title of the podcast. What I said I'd share with you is the first thing you must do if you want to market yourself genuinely online. So I hope this metaphor has been super helpful for you, but I want to tie it back to this question. The first thing that you have to do is know what kind of buying experience you enjoy. 
Because buying things can be quite pleasurable. People love to buy things and people enjoy being sold to when it's the right fit and it feels good. If you doubt that, go back to the vendor number two story right? Like I was enjoying myself in that tea vendor booth that I made up in my head. I'm sure you were as well. And I know that when I am excited about a purchase I'm making and I, and I, it's maybe it's something that I've been eyeing for a while or something that I know would be really amazing for me. I get really excited about it. And I usually tend to share it with everybody. You guys like that? So another real life example is I notice I love buying my seafood from the Whole Foods counter because they really know their fish. They can tell me what salmon is in season and they can recommend different styles of cooking for the different meats and the different fish and the different seafood. And it is a premium service that I'm willing to pay a bit more for. Plus, I can trust what they're selling to me. I can trust that they vouch for it. They have this rating system on the meats that say like, you know, like was this free, like um, grass fed and is it sustainable, etc. So for me, I'm willing to pay more for that. Maybe you're not and that's okay. The question I want you to ask yourself is, who am I as a buyer? Just become clear on the buying experience that you enjoy because that is the buying experience you will feel most authentic in recreating and reverse engineering for your tribe. All right, you guys, I hope that was so helpful. I had so much fun sharing this with you. Let me know on Instagram at Mona Lisa Andavia or on Facebook if you're if you are in my Facebook group. What ahas this podcast sparked for you and what kind of buying experience you enjoy. I'd love to hear from you. All right, you guys, see you next time. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and a short one-sentence review on why you love the Love Lighting Business podcast. I would greatly appreciate it because it would help me reach more introverted, intuitive, and empath women and lightworker bosses who could use the support on their own business and spiritual journey. Thank you so much, love. Love and light.